Comments made on the Ceratalk Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. It's time for High Contrast, the show where we talk about everything low vision for those folks that are trapped between sight lines, if you will. I am Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com, and we are joined by a group just like every other time. Uh, to my virtual left will be Mari Hill of the Zoomed In blog over at AISquared.com slash Zoomed In. How's it going, Mari? Good. How's it going for you, Rodney? Ah, it's rolling along. And to the virtual right will be Byron Lee of ByronLee.com. And he also has a new venture called LowVisionRants.com. So, hello, Byron, and give us the spiel. Hi, um, this is the spiel. It's a screen reader that runs on Android. Um, no, no, no. The spiel is um, my new website, Low Vision Rants, is a place where people can complain or blow off steam or give suggestions of things that work well for people with low vision. So hopefully you guys will check that out. I thought we just called that Twitter, you know, just oh, start an argument, yeah. get the flames <laughs> going, start the community. Maybe I should use Twitter as a uh, as a idea bed. You know, I can use that to kind of pull things out for the blog. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and off in the shadows, who will remain quiet for a little while, not that that's usually possible with him, but it is Joe Ranger Steinkamp of Sarah Talk and Sarah Tech and SPN and everything like that. He will be our technical director, trying to come up with things that we shouldn't say. And... Seeing as how it is winter and everyone has to try and get around and do things that eh, can be hampered by bad weather. And to be honest, here in the South, we've had our share in just the last few weeks. So we figured it might be a good topic to discuss winter wonderland. No, we're not going to sing or anything like that, but we're going to talk about ideas and tips that you might want to use in order to protect yourself when traveling around on icy, snowy streets. Not that Joe would know anything about that. His biggest problem during the winter probably is looking for a place to buy a new pair of shorts. <laughs> so, what kind of weather have you had up in the big, wonderful world of Vermont, Mari? Oh, Rodney, we've had such a weird winter. It was started out fluctuating from really warm to really cold. And whenever it went to really cold, it would be really icy. And then it was just plain frigid for weeks and weeks and weeks. And got warm again. Now it's cold again. So it's been all over the place. But in particular, because of the weather, we've had a tremendous amount of days where it's been treacherous just to walk outside because of the ice. Within a week period, I fell like three times. And the first two times, it didn't hurt at all. But the third time, it kind of crunched me up a little bit. So I decided to order myself some ice bugs. Ice bugs? Do they crawl? Ice bugs. (laughs) (laughs) No. When I drove, I was a big believer in studded snow tires. So these are kind of like studded snow boots. They're boots with basically studs on the bottom for traction. And I haven't received them yet, but I'm 
anticipating them, and I'm hoping they will do the trick. But I know that Byron has something else on his feet. I do. Actually, currently I'm barefoot, but uh, that's another story. Um, Is that what that smell was? <laughs> oh, corn chips. Oh, boy. Actually, I got these cool things as a gift for Christmas from my friend Sarah. They are from DoNorthProducts.com, and they are called Ice Diamonds. Is that what they were? And I found them on Amazon just to get a price for you guys. They're around 20 bucks. What they are is there are these rubber things that strap over the tops of your shoes so that you've got the studs, uh, sort of spikes on the bottoms of your shoes, and they keep you from sliding around on the snow, which is really cool. Yeah, they are the Due North All-Purpose Snow and Ice Boot Traction Aid, which is oversized, but the actual spikes are called Due North Diamond. So basically, it gives you about six spikes on the bottom of your shoes, which actually I have something very similar to that. And then I also have a pair of Yak Tracks, Y-A-K-T-R-A-X from yaktracks.com. And it's kind of the same thing, but it sort of has like a spring across the bottom of your shoes so that it will actually lock into ice and things. And it has a Velcro strap that actually goes over the top of your shoe in order to sort of keep it in place. And I have to say that I have found those greatly useful. Might have a little bit more stability than just the spikes, but it's kind of hard to tell. We don't really have a tremendous amount of ice and such here in North Carolina, but just in the past three weeks, we went from three inches of snow and ice to 70 degree temperatures, and now we're possibly going to get a little bit more this coming week. So yeah, it's up and down, up and down. I wanted to ask you a question. When you walk with your boot cover things, either your yak tracks or your other ones, does it sound like you're a dog walking across a tile floor You know, with, with the dog claws and stuff? Because when I'm walking across, I hear that click, 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 click. I'm like, oh, I sound like a guy dog. <laughs> You do sound like you're, um, if anyone's been to like a golf course back in the day, you know, you can't find metal spiked golf shoes anymore. But if you remember a parent or someone walking on asphalt using golf shoes, it sort of sounds like that, you know, or tap shoes, I guess would be something that people might think of. But I will say that you definitely do not want to walk on, say, marble floors or hardwood floors using these because they will probably leave a mark. Probably. Yeah. So Maury asked me, do they scratch up the floor? And I said, I don't know. I haven't been looking. I'm just tra- traipsing over someone's nice polished marble floor. I don't care. I'm just trying not yeah. to fall. Uh, yeah, and I was wondering if they were slippery once you get inside on a smooth floor. They possibly could be because they're flat, so they're not going to actually dig into anything. So if you were going into a place where it was flat floor and not carpet or something like that, you might want to be concerned about that. Or if you walk in and there's a doormat, make sure you take them off right at the doormat. Okay. So do you usually take them off like if you go into a store or something? Yeah, that's what I usually do is uh, the foyer at work has like a big wide open space of marble floors. So usually as soon as I get in, I take them off right at the uh, doormat that's there so that I'm not making a scene. I'm being an inconsiderate jerk. I don't take them off because it's a big pain to take them off. (laughs) It's my convenience is more important than your floor. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of why I got these ice bugs, which they have different styles. Some of them are boots, but with the 
thing that you take on and off on the bottom. But the ones I got, there's nothing to take on or off. And I thought, oh, I'm going to beat the system. You know, I won't have to take them on and off. But then I thought, then I read a review where, uh, they might uh, scratch floors. So (laughs) I'll probably be in the same boat. That's with anything, I guess. Um, Yeah. So, okay. These kind of things, they do keep you from slipping and sliding. I can say that my wife, who is totally blind, actually went out with the yak tracks on and did not fall, did not slip, was able to go down our uh, front steps without a problem, and she was amazed. It's the first time I actually talked her into wearing them, you know, so she didn't (laughs) feel like she needed her uh, falling pants, as she called them. <laughs> wearing jeans instead of uh dress pants or something like that. You know, Sheldon on Big Bang has his bus pants. These are falling pants. <laughs> we had a huge snowfall about a week or so ago and everyone had heavy snow on the top of the roof and I don't have my roof insulated at the right place, so I get icicles hanging down and snow crashing down from the rooftops. But I keep an eye on it. I know, you know, if all the stuff has come down yet or not. And if it hasn't, I go through a different door. But then I was wondering, well, what if you were blind and you could not keep track of that stuff? What kind of danger is that? Well, Ralphie, those icicles have been known to kill people. Mm, Absolutely. I believe it. (laughs) You know what I do, and this is probably not a sanctioned use for a cane, but um, whenever I come out (laughs) my door, I always make a habit of touching the edge of the roof with my cane and sliding it all the way across, trying to knock off all the icicles before I come out underneath of them. So that might be a tip, you know, you've got an extended (laughs) arm there, it's called your cane. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I don't usually have that much of a problem with that because it doesn't stay cold enough for that over a long period of time, like people up in the far north. Yeah. I do know that as things melt, there will be large sheets of ice that will just all of a sudden let go, you know, and it'll just slide off the house and you just go, ah, that was interesting. (laughs) Yes, those are killers. Up here in Illinois, in the northwest suburbs, we've had a lot of sheets of ice on the ground caused by these pipes that come down from the gutter. So uh, especially when the sun comes out and starts melting the snow on the roof, or if there's rain that ends up freezing, it goes into the gutter and then it comes down this pipe and then you've got this nice skating rink in the parking lot. So as Mm. soon as you come out the door at work, you start slipping and sliding, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, parking lots are the absolute worst. They're just treacherous and you get that black ice and you can't really see it and I end up slipping in the exact same spots over and over again (laughs) because I don't remember they're there that's why you have to have some spikes or ice bugs or yak tracks (laughs) yeah yeah I'm really looking forward to trying those things out just a little story related to slipping and falling and stuff. When you walk home from downtown Crystal Lake, it's all downhill. And there's one particular spot where, I'm not sure exactly why, but the ice always seems to develop right in front of this church, right before you hit the residential area. And I forgot all about it. And I was walking home, and this was before I had my boot cover things. And 
I was walking at a pretty good clip because it was very cold outside. I wanted to get home and I hit that patch of ice and I slipped backwards and I flew up in the air and luckily my backpack with lots of expensive electronics broke my fall. (laughs) (laughs) So it was not a fun night for me. My butt was sore and I was worried about my bag of electronics. (laughs) Ow, that would hurt. Now, what about sidewalks that haven't been cleared very well walking with a cane? (laughs) Yeah, that's tough. You know, if you've got a lot of snow and you're going down the sidewalk, I would rather have lots of snow than ice at least because, yes, you can't feel anything with your cane and you can't see the drop-offs and you end up walking off the edges of curbs and things. But I would rather have all that snow than ice because ice... You just have to walk really, 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 really slow. At least with snow, you can traipse through it. Yeah, snow, you get pretty good traction anyways. Now, what about visibility? Is there any concern or difficulties as far as the brightness of the white snow? Does that cause any problems or or is there anything to sort of dim it? Do you try and wear anything like sunglasses or something like that when it's snowing out? I saw an article recently about snow blindness. You can become blind by (laughs) just being out there in the bright sun and snow um, more quickly than you might think. So, yeah, I I know on bright, snowy days, I definitely am very aware that I need to cover my eyes more than usual. And... I've been told by doctors that you just wear the darkest glasses you can possibly wear, but with still being able to see through them. So I'm still looking for dark sunglasses, (laughs) but I always wear something when I go outside, some kind of sunglasses. You know what I would really like? I don't have anything like this, but I'd love to find either a pair of goggles or some other sort of like safety glasses or something that go over your regular glasses that would cut down on wind because visibility is an issue. And so, of course, you want something to cut down on the sun and the glare and all that. But the other thing is that the wind is constantly blowing into your eyes and making it very difficult to see as well. Yeah, I have seen some glasses kind of like that at Eye Doctor Place. They had some glasses that sort of seemed like they would go over sort of like safety glasses or something, but they were too boxy for me. I sort of felt like I was going to be in a laboratory or something, so I was kind of dorky feeling. So, yeah, that causes a little bit of a problem if you need something like uh, prescription glasses or something. Recently, what I found was uh, some can't remember the name of them. I think they're Remington ballistics glasses. They're actually shooting glasses for gun ranges and things. And they're only like six or seven bucks on Amazon. And they're sort of the wraparound. And those seem to work pretty good because I've been trying to find something I could wear indoors that wasn't too dark to where I need a cane or a guide dog to help me find my way around the corner of the cube. You know, I I know what glasses you're talking about, those kind of boxy wraparound glasses. And the problem with those, at least with me, is that my glasses seem to rub up against them and cause big scratches, big, big kind of foggy, wide scratches on my glasses. So I can't use those. But looking dorky is one of those things that we do have to deal with being visually impaired or blind because, you know, the cane itself just makes you stand out. And then, you know, you, you have all this extra technology or special glasses or whatever. And, you know, there are ways to 
buy things that look a little bit cooler or less kind of strange, I suppose. But um, it's just sort of one of those things that you have to get over is the standing out or looking dorky sort of thing. Yeah, I have on really cold days, like below zero and windy. And if I want to walk somewhere, I'll sometimes put snow goggles on because they definitely will keep your face warm and protect you from the wind. Ski goggles, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, ski goggles. And the other thing that I wanted to get, but, it, you know, the kind of dorky looking or sending the wrong message sort of thing creeps in. I wanted to get a ski mask so that I could go out and not have my face get cold, but I'm like, better not go into any banks or convenience stores <laughs> with that on. Well, just get one that's not black, maybe. <laughs> get a pink one. <laughs> pink one. <laughs> Well, what was it? to take all your money. <laughs> well, what was it? Back at Christmas, there was a uh, Volkswagen convertible commercial, I think it was, and all the guys are riding in the convertible wearing their ski mask and everything. And the guy goes in and he's picking up things in the convenience store, and the clerks watching him like, Oh God, what's he doing? Uh, he's going to rob me or something like this. And he comes up and he pays for it and goes and gets in the car. And he said, Did you not think to take off your mask when you went in that store? And the next thing you know, they hear police sirens going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that one. So that might be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I don't know what you could do as far as something to go over glasses to keep the wind out, unless you went with like a motorcycle helmet or something. But then you'd look like you were bizarre at Ooh. that point. I'm going to 3D print myself a RoboCop mask. There you go. <laughs> that won't look geeky at all. <laughs> So how have you dealt with things like public transportation not working during wintry weather? I mean, around here, it's three inches of snow and it's the city is shut down. Nobody goes anywhere, (laughs) you know. Up north, it's three inches. Please, that's a sunny day. (laughs) It's not fun standing out by the bus waiting or waiting for the train. It sucks. Even up here, they just don't use the salt like they used to 30 years ago. I mean, it used to be if it snowed a couple feet in a few hours, the roads were dry (laughs) or just wet. And now, you know, if it snows, they're going to be snow covered. So we do shut down more easily than we used to. Not everything, but schools will certainly close if they expect the roads to be snow covered and slippery. But the public transportation, which is minimal, usually keeps chugging along. Up here in Illinois, we're all kind of a hardy bunch. We're sort of used to the whole nasty, ugly winter sort of thing. So I'm not because I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona. So this is a major culture (laughs) shock for me. But you know, the transportation usually keeps running. But if it ever does go down, there's a service in the city called Uber. And it's sort of like a cab network. They have two modes. They have the black car mode, which uh, is sort of like their official cab network, but they also have UberX, which is anyone who goes through the proper background checks and stuff can drive for Uber and they use their own car and you get picked up and you get dropped off and you pay with your phone. So sometimes if I get stranded at the train station or stranded at the bus stop and it's, you know, minus 10 or minus 20 and I'm, I need, I need to get a ride somewhere. I'll just take Uber or a cab or something. 
But usually the transportation is designed in such a way that it won't stop if the weather is bad because they're sort of used to all that. They go, ah, yeah, 10 inches of snow. That's okay. We're just, we're not going to shut down anything. You're going to work today just because it's 10 inches of snow doesn't mean you're getting the day off. <laughs> so what kind of price difference is Uber, you know, when you get your Lincoln Town car to come pick you up on the side of the street or something? Is it more expensive than getting a cab? It's more expensive than a cab, but I usually use Uber X, which is the non-black car thing. And that's actually comparable or maybe a little bit more expensive than a cab. But it's kind of cool because you can see where the cars are on your phone. And it's a nice contrast of black cars on a white map. So it's really easy to see where they're at. And you can watch them turn around and come get you. So it's kind of, oh it's kind of a fun experience to take Uber. How is that spelled? Uber is spelled U-B-E-R, and they have an Android and Apple app. So you should check that out. I don't know if there'll be Uber in either of your areas, but I mean, it couldn't hurt to try because they're expanding all the time. I think they started in San Francisco and they kind of kept expanding to bigger cities, but there might be Uber in your area. I mean, you, you could try it. I know they're rolling out service in different places. That's for sure. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, my husband actually has a Lincoln Town car because he is a taxi driver. <laughs> so maybe he could become an Uber person. Yeah, there you go. He could be Vermont's first uh, Uber driver if there isn't one already. <laughs> That's right. Although the Lincoln Town car is not very good in the snow. That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> well, some people just can't be happy. I, tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't advertise it. Yeah, call my husband, but... If it's snowing, don't call them. <laughs> yeah, there Put you giant go. snow tires on that thing, you know, like monster truck tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how we can derail just a little bit there. But anyway, hope, hopefully these different ideas and eh, musings and such uh, kind of give people an <clears throat> idea of things that they can do in order to improve their walking and traveling situation during the winter weather trials and tribulations that we all seem to be having right now. Hopefully, by the time April comes, everything will be gone. It'll be nice and sunny, and then we'll be trying to figure out how in the world are we going to stay cool this summer. One of the things that I wanted to mention real quick is winter wonderland mishaps that we've all gone through. Me being an Arizona boy, not used to all this snow and sleet and ice and all that stuff, a friend of mine who drives came to pick me up. And we had this ditch that goes all the way around the yard, and I knew it was there. But since the ditch was snowed in, there was a nice straight target from the house to the van. So I figured, oh, the ditch is filled in with snow. I should be able to walk right across it. So I did, and I fell straight into the ditch, and I was waist deep in snow. <laughs> so for those of you who are uh, from sunshine states like Florida or Arizona, you can't walk across a ditch just because it's filled in with snow. It's a little Egon. But what if you didn't tip. know that ditch was originally there? That's the problem Ooh. that you'd run into. Is that could be a problem, yeah. There. Yeah. That's definitely mm -hmm. a son of a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you guys ever had really massive, stupid moves when you've hit winter weather? Something that you should have known better about, but you did anyway? I usually stay home if I can. <laughs> well, when I was still driving, I had a really steep driveway, and I backed down it, which was a really dumb move. Because when you back into a snowbank on the side. You slip into the side, into the snowbank. It's really hard to get out. 
I've actually done exactly what you said. I was skiing at Winter Park, and I was trying to pull off a real smooth <laughs> move with a lady. And we were walking, and shoo, both of us fell straight in up to our waists. And there was actually a uh, drainage pole that was uh, a pipe above us. So I actually had to take my jacket off and wrap it around that to pull us both out. I was <laughs> very suave, let me tell you. I was, uh, oh, my hero. <clears throat> 7,000 high school students drop out every school day. If you stack their desks one atop the other, it's a pile more than 17,000 feet high. That's 12 Empire State Buildings. But what's truly scary is that another stack is going up tomorrow. We can keep students in school. Visit BoostUp.org and take the first step. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. A cruise. It sounds so exotic. Expensive. Terrific. Terrifying. Incredible. Impossible. What's holding you back from taking a cruise? Whatever it is, travel agent Jerry Crawford has the solution. Join a group for a five or seven day cruise in January 2015 or schedule one for your own group or for yourself. Guided assistance available on the ship and in port. Or venture out on your own. Guide dogs are welcome. Installment payment plans available. Starting at just $359 for five days of all the food, fun, and frivolity you can handle. For more information, call 281-633-2711 or send an email to 2cruisers at att.net. That's number 2, C-R-U-I-S-E-R-S at att.net. So what are you waiting for? Call or email Jerry today to book the experience of a lifetime. Hey everyone, Joe Steinkamp here on a rainy day talking to you about apps here on High Contrast. And you know, all work and no play makes Joe kind of something something, but I've done a lot of talk about play. So let me talk about work a little bit. You might hear Rodney and I talk about Twit or This Week in Tech, which is Leo Laporte's podcast network, which uh, both Rodney and I listen to pretty regularly, but I run to some respect as well. But I think Rodney and I are a little bit more Twit addicted to Windows Weekly or MacBreak Weekly or Security Now or This Week in Google. There is a lot of things there if you want to be able to find out about the latest in technology. And one of those ways you can do that is through the app. Now, I'll tell you about two apps. One, the official app that is on iOS, which is like 99 cents. It is really good, but is not extremely voiceover friendly at times. In fact, this is way more of a low vision thing. Uh, than it is for iOS using voiceover. I find that the buttons are not just mislabeled at times. The buttons, uh, when you flick to them, are not exactly where they are visually. It's not extremely usable, and that's a shame. It had been in the past, and I've used it pretty successfully, but I have a tendency to turn voiceover on and off to be able to use it with low vision. But I can use it. It's not a horrible experience, and certainly huge on the old iPad 1. Not sure what it would look like on a newer iPad. And I mainly use it for audio than I do video podcast, although I have done that at times. Now, when you do use it for video podcasts, the controls are at the bottom left and the bottom right, and they're little circles to be able to jump forward or jump backwards. And to do things in mass, you actually have to tap on the screen in the old QuickTime menu comes up and you can slide on a scrubber back and forth. 
Not a horrible experience, not the greatest app in the world, but it is very convenient and it's better than using Safari to go to the exact show in the show title and play it through there. That's a bit of a mess. So uh, if you do go to twit.tv, that's twit.tv on an iOS device, you will get prompted to get that app from the App Store. Now, the app that's available for Android that I like, there's not a real official app there, but I use Twit Pro now, and uh, Twit Pro is actually pretty neat in being able to pick up on archive shows. It's not my favorite for doing Twit live audio, but to be able to catch up with something in the past, I kind of like it. It's uh, white on black text. It's very Android default. Uh, you have the ability to uh, download to the device itself. You can do that with Twit on iOS too, by the way, the actual official Twit app. So if you're in a situation where you can't get to Wi-Fi or streaming, you can actually download it directly to the device and have it there. I do that sometimes when I'm on airplane trips. Now on the Android version, it is a free app as opposed to the 99 cents for the other one. And I do happen to like this a lot because it is just real simple menus. You can get to the same information that you would on the official Twit app. Uh, you're going to get to the video or the audio podcast. You can schedule the podcast to download automatically. So if you're looking for something to be able to catch all the shows that are on the Twit network and not have to use something like Dogcatcher or some other podcast client, this app is actually pretty good and sees regular updates and just asks for donations. And I think it's totally worth it. Now, getting to the walk update. Um, I'm using this again in Android. I've had a couple of crashes. Uh, there was one major update that happened just recently for the walk on Android. And it did a lot of things in the background, added daily challenges and some other things that I'll still be playing with. I find it very depressing to have the app crash when you're about 20 to 15 minutes away from finishing a mission. And that's really depressing. Uh, but the idea is to get you to walk around and move around a little bit. And I guess that's kind of good because the story is interesting to me. Uh, you unlock sound clips as you go. And even more fun, I found out as you play, you could actually replay the mission and tap visually on the screen to make the path go in a different direction and different paths open up different story options and more bonuses. In other words, you can do the same mission twice, which doesn't sound like fun, but again, the idea... You need to walk around and move around anyway, especially if you're in computers, right? So this is a good thing in the long run, but it's nice to be able to unlock that audio and find out more about the story. And the story does get good really quick, but I do like the way it is. It's like I said, even with the minor crashes that I've had, I advise people to, if you're willing to give up the battery, mind you, to go into settings for the walk and then go over to check all my movements rather than just having the app open. And that'll allow you to gain valuable time in completing your mission, but also will not be an issue to have the app open to be able to do that. So it runs in the background. It does eat some battery, but it's not bad. Ricky, by the way, over uh, at Sarah Talk is doing Zombies Run. She heard me talk about the walk. So she's picked up Zombies Run and she's actually doing that on an elliptical machine and completing missions and having a good time. There's a little bit more item working in that. And I know there's a base that's involved in zombies run. I haven't run into that too much on the walk. I've actually just run into a daily challenge and I probably won't do the daily challenge till I get to San Diego to cover CSUN because you have to do it within 24 hours. And that's a little daunting, especially with the rain that's happening here locally as I record this. Remember you can send in uh, how you're enjoying either zombies run or the walk 
resources at serotalk.com. That's resources at serotalk.com. And I'd love to hear from you on Twitter, twitter.com slash ranger station. Tell me how well you're doing with the app. And remember, we're all doing this together in order to make sure we're healthy, especially for sitting by that computer. That can really work against you. There was an article I retweeted just recently that said that uh, the more you sit in front of the computer, the more you reach age 60 in your body, even if you're not reaching age 60. So definitely move around and get that thing going because the leading cause of blindness here in Texas is diabetic retinopathy and uh, having good health and good medical and good movement will help you avoid some of those things that may actually be predominant in your family or in your environment. For High Contrast, this is Joe Steinkamp throwing it back to Rodney. And welcome back to High Contrast here on the Serotalk Podcast Network, SPN for short. And we are going to jump right into the mailbag because we actually have some mail from you, the listeners. And Thomas dropped us a note. And he wanted to pass along some information to our Byron guy who likes bags and luggage and stuff and keeps buying more and more things. Uh, Anyway, he likes a particular man bag or purse, as his wife likes to call it. Anything in the Everest luggage bags, uh, which you can find available at Amazon and Walmart and most likely other places as well. Have you heard about these, Byron? Hello, this is Tom Adock here. Love just listening to the latest high contrast and uh, great show as usual. Byron, you're very, very hilarious and uh, love following you on Twitter. Anyway, you were looking for a bag. Now, I don't know if this would work for you. I use the smaller bags myself. I've had fanny packs or man bags. My girlfriend calls it a purse, man purse all the time. Oh, where's your man purse? Like, yeah, thanks. That has not stopped her from buying me a couple. Anyway, the one I currently have, I like it a lot, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's adorable. It has a small rip in it right now, but uh, it's called Everest. You can get them at both Amazon and Walmart.com. You have a small zipper pocket here on the front. I keep my ones in there. Then there's a middle pocket. I keep my iPhone in there and my retractable iPhone cable and my headphones. And then there's a top pocket here that has uh, my bank cards. That's it. I guess in there. And then in the back is where I keep my ID and my gum and change and stuff like that. It's a pretty nice little bag. I mean, you can't hold a lot of cables, but if you're just going out for a day pack, it would be nice just to bring it with you, you know, and uh, it's nice and compact when you're on the plane at six. Really close. You can adjust it to your body. And uh, so hopefully that helps you out. Check it out. And uh, looking forward to what you guys have next. It's not a purse. It's a merse. It's a man purse or merse for short. Okay, man sexual. <laughs> or is it metrosexual? Which one is it? I don't know. <laughs> derail, <laughs> derail. Yeah, yeah. Rat hole, rat hole. Anyway, looking at the Amazon website and looking for things in the Everest luggage, they have lots of things with various pockets, different shapes, sizes, and a wide variety of colors. So if you're looking for a bag, you might want to check that out. We did have a blog comment from, I don't know, some hill person. 
I don't know whether that meant she was from Kentucky or what, but that's kind of all that Joe gave us. Murray, do you know anything about this sunflower bag? Oh, yes. Seeds included? No, no, no not. Bad joke? Yeah. Bad joke. A few years back at a craft fair locally, I ran across this nice leather pocketbook slash backpack that I think would work for a man as well, as long as it wasn't some wild color. And you can check those out, sunflowerleather.com. Okay, good. Thanks. You guys have contributed to my bag addiction again. I thought it was cured. Now I'm going to be buying more luggage. Thanks. What friends you are. I do have kind of a bag addiction myself. I'm always looking for the perfect bag, and I haven't found it yet. As we say in the recommendation business, it is always best to spend other people's money, and I'm perfectly glad to help you out, Byron. What a pal. I tell you, got to do something for all the discussions about Doctor Who that I have to continually listen to during recording this podcast. <laughs> Check out EOLshow.com for more musings on Doctor Who. Plug, plug, ah, plug, plug. Yeah. Plug the empty bucket. Okay. Ah, anyway, this uh, mess that you have been listening to is High Contrast here on SPN. Again, I am Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com. You can follow me at Rodney Edgar, R-O-D-N-E-Y-E-D-G-A-R, on the Twitter. My wife hates it when I say on the Twitter, but hey, sounds hip. Okay, maybe not. Anyway, as always, thank you to Mari Hill of AISquared.com slash blog, otherwise known as Zoomed In. Anything new coming up, Mari? Uh, let's see. I caught me off guard. I like putting you on the spot. <laughs> I was on Sarah Spectives uh, just last month talking about the month in tech for January, and I put my wife on the spot, and she pulled up the book for Book Hoarders Anonymous, shameless plug, bhapodcast.com. <laughs> okay, well, I'll say that AI Squared will be at CSUN in March. If you happen to be going to San Diego, go to the CSUN conference and go to the AI Squared booth. And we've got a really, really, really cool new booth this year. I mean, it's really, really cool. And you'll see all the products that we have under our roof. Very good. And our new addition, taking the place of Jeremy Curry, who is on permanent hiatus right now because of travels and other business obligations. And just the fact that he's never home and just can't make time to record with us. Uh, so thank you to Byron Lee for stepping up or sorry for you, Byron Lee. I'm not sure which way to go with that. <laughs> We'll be uh, doing a blog very shortly for Low Vision Rants coming up soon. There's a teleseminar coming up on March 12th, sponsored by Humanware. It's a joint effort between ACB and AFB, talking about low vision devices and Medicare. Uh, so I'm going to attempt to join in on this teleseminar and report back on my blog about the items discussed in this uh, particular teleconference so stay tuned to low vision rants for information about that and other blogs and a forum woohoo and you can follow him on twitter at byron 27 must be iq or age i'm not sure which or at low vision rants as well because we have a twitter for that <gasps> shocking <laughs> 
And as always, thanks to our technical director in the background, Joe Steinkamp at Radner Station on Twitter. And this is the Serotalk Podcast Network, where you can find everything low vision and blindness. You can head over to serotech.com slash SPN for all the information. You can drop us a note or send us one, either way, at resources at serotalk.com via the email. And you can also listen to the podcast via iBlink Radio for iOS and Android. And you can even send an iReport from that particular app. And as always, check out the wonderful free trial of SamNet over at sa2go.com. And... Now that I've said and multiple times, and I'm trying to get out of here, this is High Contrast on SPN. Until next time, bye. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Bye.